How many of you guys uh, remember, uh, or old enough, I was going to say, uh, let, me, let me go to this different direction. I remember my grandmother on my dad's side used to have this uh, square box called a photo cube. Do you guys remember those? Ah, Remember those? It had like, you, you stuck pictures in, you know, in it, the acrylic. How many of you are too young to remember those? Yeah, there we go. Today we're speaking on lying, and uh, we're going to, I'm just kidding. You remember those photo cubes that people would have sitting around? My grandmother had one. It was like, I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but she had one of those photo cubes you would stick photographs in, you know, you'd print off a photograph and stick, stick it in there. And, and you know, um, you just kind of sit it there, you know, kind of sit there and you'd pick it up at times and kind of look at it, you know, have different pictures and things like that in it. How many of you would choose a photo cube over like what we have nowadays in the digital age that we live in? I mean, probably none of us would, hopefully, if you're raising your hand. This illustration's gone south very quickly. Uh, but, but you know what I'm saying? There's things like that that I think in our lives, and I'm just using that as an example, as an illustration. I think there's things, I don't know why I ever thought of that photo cube. It just, and I had it in my brain for like a couple of days now, so... There you go. Maybe you guys will think about it for a week now, like I, I have. But um, there's things in our lives that I think, the, the, you know, maybe we have things in our lives that they're, but they're really not the most effective things, you know? Um, we may continue to use something just because, I don't know, maybe it's because it's there. Maybe it's because this is what we've always done. Maybe it's like a whatever, you know, have, whatever it is. There's things within our lives that, that, that we use tools or whatever, resources that we may have that we just don't really want to update because maybe the learning curve's a little bit more or whatever, but we know there's something out there a little bit better. You know, many of us probably, uh, you know, I would guess, you know, when it comes to images and things like that, we have kind of geared more down the, the avenue of the digital age where we have photographs on our phones and things like that where we whip it out and show people real quick. And, and phones nowadays, the cameras on those things are amazing. Uh, just very amazing if you're technical in any respect. Uh, the, the features that a phone has, I mean, you know, to take a, a picture, they take very high quality uh, pictures, images. And so, you know, I can't imagine someone saying, hey, man, I just had a child, check out this photo cube, you know, and like kind of hand them scratched up acrylic thing. Um, but more it's like pull out the phone, you got, you know, 140 images of something. And so today I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about, we're continuing this, uh, this, this series called Pounds and, and, and the things that kind of weigh us down at times from, from really following Jesus uh, in a way that, that we experience this sense of freedom at times. Now, you know, we may be, you know, that song we just sang is so powerful, you know, uh, just being set free. Now, you know, if we have received the free gift of grace and salvation, yes, we have been set free. We have, sal- we have uh, salvation, you know. Uh, God has saved us. But there's times we still have things within our lives that, that keeps us, entra- you know, trapped or enslaved. Why would Peter, why would Paul and some of the Bible talk to other Christians, other believers, about this very same thing? If it wasn't true for our lives, if it wasn't true for us as followers of Jesus from time to time, kind of collect this weight 
from, you know, where, where sometimes we buy into deception. Sometimes we continue to participate in a habit or a, a hang-up or whatever it is. Why then would it be that when we read the New Testament, there are various authors like James and Peter and Paul that says, don't be, like for instance, Peter says, Second Peter uh, chapter 2 verses one, or verse 1 and um, the, the, the back side of the verse says this, For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. There's times, you know, if, if we're overcome by something, we become enslaved to that thing. Why would he write that? Is he, he's writing it to individuals that says, wait a minute, you're free, you've been freed. You're a part of the king, you're, a fan, you're part of the family of the king. Why are you still, in, why are you enslaved to this? Why are you being overcome by this? In another passage, Paul writes to 1 Corinthians and he says this. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Paul's saying, I can do whatever I want to do. There's nothing that's saying that I can't do some of these things. Some of these things that I want to do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. They're not, it's not sin. It's not, it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, there are things that, that, that I can participate in, that there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But he does say this, but I will not be mastered by anything. Paul's writing to believers. He's saying there can be times where even the good things can master you. And Peter's saying, if something masters you, it's going to enslave you. If you've been overcome by something, you can be enslaved by that. That's the stuff where I think that as we look at this, it becomes weight upon our shoulders. It becomes weight upon our backs that keeps us from passionately following Jesus. It can become things that, that can be help that can uh, prevent us from experiencing the life, the freedom that God has for us within our thing, within our lives. It can obstruct our fellowship with God. Things that control us and ultimately prevent us, like we talked about last week, from truly exalting Jesus. Now, I want to ask the question to you, and maybe, you know, I want you to really think about this. What may be out of control in your life? Is there something within your life, if you would be truthfully honest, you would say, you know what? This does have mastery over me. It may not be a big sin. Like Paul said, it may not be a big sin. But it could be something else that has mastered you. And if you would truly you know, like come to grips with it, you could see where it can possibly weigh you down from truly exalting Jesus within your life. You see, I think a lot of times when I ask that question, as followers of Christ, as people that have been saved, as people that we'd say we're going to heaven... We seem to gravitate towards the big ones, right? Well, I don't participate in this, 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 or this. I, you know, we gravitate towards that, and we would say, nope, 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 I don't do that, I don't do that one, I don't do this, I don't do that, I'm not enslaved, master, none of that whatsoever. And we also kind of classify things, if we would be truthfully honest. We've got the first tier of things, right? The first tier of things would be like your pornography, your alcohol, your drugs, your sexual addictions, things like that. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not mastered by those things. Maybe some of us would say, you know what? I do. I, you know, there is, I have lost control to some of that. Some of us might say, no, I don't have any of that. No, and we kind of, we, again, we classify the big ones to the whatever. And then we kind of go to the second tier if we were 
if we go to that second tier. And the second tier might be this. And by the way, when I'm putting these in tiers, that's completely on me, right? This isn't something that the Bible kind of registers the hierarchy of. The second tier, we we might consider gossiping, anger, lying, stealing, some of those things. We'd say, no, I'm not really mastered by those either. No, I don't have those either. But rarely would we ever... And, I, and again, I, this, is my, this is my take on things. Rarely would we ever go to the third tier if we're not struggling with some of those. Rarely would we ever go to the third tier and say, I'm addicted to food. Rarely would we ever go to the third tier and say, I'm addicted or, I'm in con- or what's got me kind of controlled is recreation. Or TV or something like that. Or relationships. I'm never controlled by having to be right all the time in all of my conversations and my relationships and exchange with other people. I'm not controlled by money or possessions or pride, which I think pride is that one that really kind of stands out there. Because when you read that back in when Solomon wrote about pride, he labeled that one as the number one. And we never talk about that. We never view pride. I think we, we would view all these others above pride. We kind of snicker at pride. Well, that guy's really prideful. Well, that woman's got a lot of pride, man. She, you know, pride in herself, you know? They really, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty confident in themselves. And we kind of snicker because that's accepted, really, in our society, right? In fact, in certain circles, we would say, that's, pretty, that's a good trait to have, right? That's a good trait to have. So what might be in control of your life? Is there something in your life that might have mastery that if you would truthfully be honest with yourself, you would say, you know what? I think this does have a bit of a mastery over me. I think this one does have a bit of a grip on me. And whether it be the first tier, the second tier, again, as I labeled them, first, second, third, whatever, we would take whatever it is and we'd say, you know what? Truth be known, This does hinder my fellowship with God. I think the first thing we need to do, like we did last week, we come clean with God. You see, these are the things that we can get subtly drawn into. These are the things that we can get subtly drawn into and we could say, you know what, I don't really, maybe I don't really experience this, or I do kind of experience it, but it's really not that bad. It's really not that bad where Jesus is saying, you don't understand. This, This is about experiencing freedom this is about experiencing a life that i'm telling you that you will be set free that you will experience the truth and the truth will set you free for for some of us when we look at these and if we would sit down and really have and engage in an honest conversation for some of these we kind of use them to self-medicate we kind of use them to self-medicate because there's things within our lives where there might be some hurt, there might be some pain. And so we might put one of these things in that spot and it feels good, it soothes us, it medicates us, it calms us down. And we find that somewhat acceptable. And when that happens, it becomes an addiction, it becomes a habit, it becomes something that, ha- that can have absolute mastery over us. Where Jesus is saying, wait a minute, that's... That's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I want you to experience true freedom in me. I want you to experience life and life to the fullest in me. I want you to experience what I have to offer you. And sometimes that comes down to you and I becoming 
a person becoming clean with God to say, you know what? Today, God, I want to become clean. I, I, I want to bring it. I want to bring it, God. And, and, and I would ask that question to you. What if you came clean with God today? What if there's that little thing within your life where you may dismiss it? You may say, ah, it's not that big of a thing. I'm not really going to, you know. But what if you did? What if you said, you know what? I've got something in my life. And you were truthfully honest with yourself and truthfully honest with God. And you've got that little thing within there that you kind of got, you kind of kept hidden. You kind of got it tucked away in a closet someplace. But what would it be like if it got brought out in the open and you came clean with God and you said, God, I want to be done with this. God, I want mastery over this. God, I want to walk out of this place in a different way than when I walked in. This thing that only you and I know about God, this thing that, that, is, that has really got a grip on me, this thing that's, that's there that I struggle with, God, I want to acknowledge it to you. I wonder what you would feel like, what you would, what you would sense, what you, would happen if, if, we each, each, if we have those things where we would come, we would acknowledge them to God and we say, I want to, I want to be done with this. God, I want to be done with this. I want to be, you know, the question becomes, you know, do we want to be free of it? What if we could walk out of here completely changed and free of what we might have carried in with this? What would happen if we come clean with God? What would happen if we would have the courage to open up our hearts and become very vulnerable and transparent with God? Come clean and start an entire new journey. What would happen if we had the courage to become real and lay it down? What if we stopped convincing ourselves that there's, there's nothing wrong here? What if we would stop struggling? We said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done struggling with this. I'm done with it. I want to bring it. I've, I've been dealing with this way too long. I've been fighting this battle, and, and ultimately I'm, I've been losing this battle. What, what, you know, some of us know exactly what it is. Some of us, we may still be in denial. Some of us say, you know what, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, and, and, and all along, there's still that thing back in there that if we were truly vulnerable and transparent, God might say, this is kind of hindering us. This is hindering our, our fellowship with one another. And I want you to experience something so much greater. I believe Jesus is here this morning. I believe that he's saying to each and every one of us, let me have it. Let me have it. Let me have that thing that you're walking around with. Not because I want to come to you and I want to heap judgment and condemnation on you. I love you. I want to free you of it. I want you to experience the life in which I have to offer you. A life that goes beyond what you can, you can imagine. And Jesus is saying, I want it. Why don't you give it to me? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 6, uh, verse, verses 12 through 14. He says this, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But instead, present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. He would go on to write in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, he would say this, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Back up to that one 
that one uh, Romans there, it says this, for sin shall not be master over you. For sin shall not be master over you. I wonder, you know, as we look at that verse, if we were, you know, for some of us, we were truly transparent. We would say, man, I've got something. I'm, I'm, I want to be done with it. I want to be done with it. I truly want to be done with it. So we come clean with God. We expose it. That's the next thing. We expose it. We take the first step, and that's always going to be the hardest, but the first step is the one that gets it all out in the open. The first step is the one where we break through Satan's lies and deception for maybe the very first time, and we say this, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm done hearing the deception. Because the deception that he wants to convince us of is this. Do not believe that it's safe to expose this. You need to keep this tucked away. This is between you and God. You can deal with it. You can handle that. You know, for some of us, there's some things that I've experienced within my life where I look back and I realize I've been dealing with this for a long time. And in my mind, this is what I say to myself. I say, well, I can handle this. I'll get this, I'll get this under control. I'll take care of this. And then, you know, I'll address this because I've got a plan. I've got a plan. That plan has been in place for years, still dealing with it, and still dealing with it. Can you relate with that? Whether it be your weight, whether it be something else within your life where you say, I've got this. I've got it under control. I will take care of this. I will deal with it. I've got a plan. I don't agree with your plan. I've got a plan. And yet, our plan has still failed us time and time and time again because Satan is there to deceive us to say you take care of it keep it inside keep it buried the first step is to bring it in the open and to bust through those lies of the Satanist deceiving us to say it's not safe because if we believe in that we, con- we consequently will remain in bondage listen to what James chapter five sixteen writes and again he's talking to believers that's what I find very interesting is that we can like literally start talk- when we look at scripture and say well that doesn't apply to us We've, I've been saved all that's been you know I, none of this applies to me but yet the authors of the New Testament we're very sensitive understanding that things can happen and we can fall back into certain patterns or whatever and, and to urge us and to, and, and to counsel us. Listen to what James 5.16 says. Therefore, do what? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I don't know about you, but when I read that verse, there's something that really stands out to me. That's the same verse that we will talk about when we'll say, hey man, if you've got a burden, let us, you know, bring it and we'll share, we'll, we'll pray over it. Now there's nothing wrong with that. You know, where we come, you know, get, get some people come and we'll pray, we'll pray for healing. That verse talks about being freed from some things that's got us in bondage. That verse says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? Why? So that you may be healed. I wonder how many, I wonder if there's some in here this morning that really deep down we would say, I want to be healed of that. And if we would be truthfully honest of what that thing is. Again, I hope we don't dismiss it because it's not in the top tier, right? Or the second tier. 
But, you know, we may say, well, it's, it's okay. But it's not, if it's got mastery over you, it's not okay. It's not okay. And James is saying this, confess to one another. Now, I don't believe that means you got to come up front and take a mic and air out your dirty laundry to everybody. I think that means that we have individuals that we're doing life together and we're leaning in on one another and we're saying, hey, I need to share something with you because I'm really struggling with this. This is something that's really got me. This is something that, 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 that God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has impressed upon my life time and time and time and time again. That this thing within, within inside of me, this thing that I keep kind of tucked away, it's hurting me. And I'm tired of dealing with it. I want to be free of this. I want to be free of this. And so we go to someone and we talk with them and they pray with us. And there's a couple things that happens. And James talks about there's a, there's a couple things that happens. Number one, we pray for each other, right? We pray for each other. We, 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 we literally, we, we pray, man. We sit down with that person and we pray over them. And we pray that God would give them the courage to, 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 to open up and to receive what it is that they need to receive to break through this, this particular thing that, that, that has them struggling and that they want to be healed over. The second thing that happens is that we carry each other. And that doesn't mean I'm going to mount up on your back and you're going to carry me through the church. That means that my heart is heavy for the hearts of somebody else that has come to me to say, I'm struggling with this thing. And it's hurting my family. It's hurting my relationships. It's hurting my fellowship with God. I'm tired of struggling with this thing. I'm tired of, of always falling prey to this or, or just dealing with this thing over and over and over and over again. And we begin to we pray and we begin to carry each other's burdens. We feel the weight of that particular thing with this individual that we care for. And the next thing is we lean in on each other. And leaning in on each other means this. We, kind of, we hold each other accountable. And when I say accountable, I'm not saying we've got to go at it in a punitive sense, where it's like, I'm going to hold you accountable, man. If you fall prey to this one more time, I'm going to expose it to everybody. No, no. It's saying, I love you. And I'm here for you. And I just want to check in with you. How are you doing with this? I've been praying, and, I'm, and I've been carrying this burden with you. How are you doing? Because, because, because I feel for you. I, I, I feel the weight of this with you. I remember one time, someone came to me from within our body, and they shared something with me that was very personal, very intimate, that if exposed, it could have ruined that person. And as they shared that with me, I knew that it was obviously anything like that just weighs on a person. Just weighs on a person. And I remember looking at that person and saying, have you shared this with any of your friends? And that person told me, I can't trust my friends with it. I'm telling you what, that was like a dagger in my heart. You can't trust your closest friends with this thing that's, that's weighing so heavy upon your heart? Maybe you need new friends. Oh, I, I, my heart just was so heavy for that person. 
I want to tell you something, man. If we don't have people within our lives that we can trust, I would seriously question how close we are with certain individuals. If you don't have someone within your life where you could literally go to and open up with the deepest, darkest thing within your life and trust them and say, you know what, and and this is where it's at, guys. This is where it's at. Is when we begin to acknowledge certain things within us that that really, really kind of impacts our fellowship with God, with exalting Jesus, with with you know, and with other areas within our lives, where where we start recognizing those things, and we are so disturbed by those things, where we get to the point where it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not so sure I care if I get exposed because the one thing I care about the most is. My fellowship with Jesus is off because of this thing. But we have someone within our lives where we go to and we say, I need to talk with you. I need to walk with you. I need to share something with you. I need you to pray over this. And let me say this too. There's a little word called reciprocation. Okay? Reciprocation. There's nothing, I, I'm not, I don't know how you're wired, but there's nothing more that I would not want to do is to share something with the, the, that someone has placed themselves within my life where they say they're a messenger of God, but yet they never share anything with me. There's a, there's a walk there, I think. There is a thing there of, of where we're walking together, where we're lifting each other up, where we know we have each other's backs. Call me crazy, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But I want to tell you something. If I, when I have pe- and I've got people in my life where I know I can trust and I can go to them and I can say, I need prayer. And this is why I need prayer. I know that they're going to pray for me. I know that the best interest of my spiritual walk, my spiritual journey, is at their hearts. And I know that they're going to provide an accountability to me that's not punitive per se, but it's an accountability of love that's saying, I'm here for you, and I want to walk with you. That is powerful, and I believe that is what James is talking about, and I believe that's what the New Testament says, the type of relationships we need to have within our lives. That is what's going to bring healing. Folks, let me just say this. That right there is what Satan's going to tell you to never, ever do. Because it would be better for you, in his eyes, to just remain in bondage. That's what he wants. He can't get to God. He can't get to your salvation. But he can make you miserable and miss out on the incredible life that Jesus has for you. The next thing we need to do after we come clean with God and after we expose it, we take power over it. We have to own it. And that's what I mean by it. We have to own it. We have to say, you know what? It is there. It is there, and I'm going to own this. We get to the point where we say, I can't take it anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. I want this out of my life. I want this out because I'm, it's affecting, it's impacting my ability to exalt Jesus. It's, it, it's affecting my ability to walk the walk that Jesus wants within, within my life, that he desires for me, that he wants to, you know, to, to give me. It's, it's impacting that. And we take ownership over it. It's what, you know, um, it's, you know it's, it's, it's where we have these close relationships. And it's going away from this business where we say, um, we're not deceived anymore by, by saying, you know, well, if it doesn't hurt anybody, what's the big deal? 
You know what, guys? That, that is a lie. That is a deception that our society inoculates within our lives. It says, you know what? If it doesn't hurt anybody, if I can do... So what? I'm kind of doing this. If it doesn't hurt anybody, it's okay. Here's the fact. It always hurts somebody. The stuff that we have in our closets, the, the, the little things that we have buried, the things that we have in our closets not only impacts our fellowship with Jesus at times, it affects others within our sphere of influence. It affects our families. It affects our spouses. It, it's toxic. And it may not, we may not see the toxic, you know, we may not see how toxic it is, but it's there, which is exactly why Satan wants to keep it there. Listen to what? Paul says about owning something. In 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 27, the first part of that says this. He says, I discipline my body and I make it my slave. Paul's like, you know what? And and we know that Paul had his struggles. We read about it in Romans where Paul says, man, there's things that I do that I know I shouldn't do, and those are the things I gravitate towards. And Paul, you know, and Paul finds that, you know, his, his salvation, his, his rescue, his power through Je- his relationship with Jesus Christ. But then he goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians. He says this, I will discipline my body. I am in control. I own it. I will beat my body. Some translations will word it kind of like, I will beat my body into submission or whatever. And I will discipline my body and I will make it my slave. I'm not going to fall to this anymore. I'm not going to continue to engage in this. It means that we are willing to work and engage in the hard rigors of mastering the area that might have control over us. We don't settle for less. We don't say, you know what, it's okay. It's all right. It's just this little thing. I'll keep it tucked away. No, we own it. We say, you know what, this, I am going to grab a hold of this. I'm going to get this by the horns. I'm not settling for less. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let my defenses down. I am not going to quit. And we take power over it. We use the power that, that Christ gives us, and we own it. We own it. We say, this is it, and I'm done with it. This is it, and I am going to deal with this particular area within my life or whatever it is, that little thing, whatever it is. Most importantly, we recognize that in our own efforts and strengths, we're going to come up short. And we recognize that we need the power of Christ. And we recognize that Christ will put people within our place to walk with us. Again, as we just shared uh, about walking with us and praying with us and leaning in on us. And we listen to the words, we reflect on the words of Solomon so many years ago that says this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding because you're going to come up short. And we take those, we take those words to heart and instead we rely upon the power of Jesus. Paul says this in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Guys, this isn't a message about hammering someone about something they have going on in their life, something they might have tucked away in the darkness. It's a message of hope. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of love where Jesus is saying, I have freed you of these things. I want you to experience something so much. This is, I've got a life for you that's so much greater. And for some of us, we're, we, we can fall into that trap too where we say, well, I, you know, I'm good to go, you know, where, where, where there might be something there that, that we really need to own it. We need to own it. We need to come to grips with it. And we need to own it. As the worship team comes back, 
uh, comes back. We're going to close with one last song. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And you were given an index card. And there's some index cards up here with pens as well. But you were given a blank index card. This is just a simple tool. I just want to give you the opportunity to do something and to respond. And as the worship team, as they begin to kind of play, or play here, I want you, if you will, if you have the courage, if, you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking and leaning into you and you've been moved, maybe there's something in your life that you're saying, you know what, I know exactly what I would like to get rid of. I know exactly what I would like to, uh, th- to say. You know what? I don't want this to have mastery over my body any longer, over me any longer. It's got control. Whether it be one of those top ones, <laughs> you know, whether it be one of those top ones, you know, those ones that, you know, that, that that's really ha- can have control over us, where we keep hidden, or whether it's a little subtle thing, where it's not really a sin, it's lawful, it's okay, but it's got mastery. Like Paul said, it's got mastery over us, if we would be truthfully honest. I don't know if you would want to respond, but I want to give you the opportunity. And all I'm asking you to do, if you would, between you and God, not between your spouse and God, between you and God, would you take this simple act of an index card and simply write it down? And fold it over a bunch of times and bring it up and drop it in one of the trash cans. And um, what we'd like to do, in fact, just kind of fold it over a couple times. Because what I don't put your name on it, I'm asking you to identify yourself. It's just, again, a, a symbolic act of saying, God, I, I want to be free of this. I want to be done with this. I want to get mastery over this. I want you to come up and drop it in one of the buckets. If you want to come up and you want to spend a few moments praying, Come up, use one of the pens, use one of the index cards up here. Spend a few moments praying. And when you're done, whatever, fold it over, drop it in one of the trash cans. And this week, I want to, you know, we're going to take those and we'll, we'll pray over those. Again, you don't have to put your name on it. I'm just, this is between you and God. It's between you and God. It's just a simple way of responding. So here is the worship team as they are going to lead us into this next song. I'd ask that you would just take this moment, if you would, between you and God and His Spirit, and respond to Him. And then just simply come, put it in the trash can, come up and pray, whatever. But just take this moment to use it, to begin to experience the life that God has for you. This is the first step, is to acknowledge and to say, you know what, I, I want to be done with this. And I want you to experience what it feels like to walk out of here saying, I've taken that first step. And I'm going to gain mastery over this between me and God and whoever he may place within my life. Would you do that as I, after I pray? Why don't you go ahead and stand um, if you want. And let me lead us into a word of prayer. Father, I, you know, I don't know about anybody else in here, but I know my life. And I know at times there's things within my life that I want to be done with. There are things that you bring to my attention at times that's not that may not be good for my life, that, that, that I could have so much more. And I thank you for being a God that loves me so much, that loves each and every person in here so much, 
that, that that's that's just who you are. You don't reject. You don't forsake. You don't walk away. Some of us have been struggling with things for years. And you've been gently tapping on our shoulder and convicting us saying, let's deal with this, let's deal with this, let's deal with this. And yet you've still not forsaken us. You continue to pursue us with your incredible unconditional love. Thank you for who you are. Thank you so much for who you are and the power that you give us through Jesus. I pray right now for each person. I pray that you would help us to use this time to bring you glory and to also bring us a sense of release where we acknowledge, we come to grips with something. And so I pray that we would have the courage to do that. I pray that you would move within our hearts that right now in this room, that you would continue to move, you would continue to impress upon our hearts, that you would just allow us to sense your love in a very powerful, intimate way, knowing that this isn't punitive, this is a sense of release to give us more of what you want to give us. And so I pray that we would do just that right now. And it's in your most precious name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. Thank you.